This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Wolfner. It's Mark Andrea Whistler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Game Podcast. podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> hey, welcome back, tennis fans. We've had a fantastic week of tennis. It was the Masters over in Canada. We had Montreal. We had Jessica Bagula winning that one. And we also had Yannick Sinner winning Toronto, winning his first ever Masters 1000 event. Well done to both of those. But how will they fare come the US Open, which is not too long away, is it, JG? No, exactly two weeks to go until the US Open. It's coming around quick. It's the last slam of 2023. Djokovic has two of them. Alcaraz has one on the men's. On the women's, it's a little bit more up in the air. Of course, Eagles look good. Sabers look good in spells as well. But... Maybe the US Open can pull a surprise. We know famously on the women's for the US Open, there is often a shock. We had Raducanu not too long ago, and maybe we could get one this year. But we're going to get in all into it in this episode of The Countdown. We'll do all of our usual sections. So thank you for joining, and welcome to The Countdown. Yes, come on, the US Open, only two weeks away. I mean, it, it was so good last year, do you not think, the US Open? I thought it was the best one. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good addition. And I know we, well, I was pretty disappointed about the whole Rafael Nadal situation. He didn't, he looked old at last year's US Open and he struggled against Francis TFO, went out early. But I just found the whole Sinner, Adkaraz, TFO, 
it was just so fun. And on the women's, it wasn't too bad either. Uh, but the men's really stole the show. Are we going to see something amazing this year? Definitely that intro does get me hyped. Are we going to see more Carlos Adkaz magic? We'll have to wait and see. But in Toronto, in Canada, he didn't look great, did he? No. I mean, it's just... You can't be amazing all the time, but he did come up against somebody who sometimes has his number in Tommy Paul, and he's lost to him twice now, uh, both over in Canada as well, which I think is a little bit crazy. And I think it's it's good to see some vulnerability from Carlos Alcaraz here and there because it, we know he's not the, like the complete package yet. I mean, he does show us amazing brilliance most of the year, and that's so, and we're still so young as well. But when you see him lose the odd match here and there, I think it's a good opportunity for him to learn, for him to reset, and then for him to come back stronger as well. And in this tournament, which will be played this week, obviously we have Cincinnati going on. He may get the chance to avenge his defeat to Tommy Paul because they are sort of on a collision course for, I think it's a second round matchup, but I'll have to have a look at some of the results to see if that is even a possibility. Yeah, I mean, Toronto was quite excited, actually. It's a shame we didn't get to cover many watch-alongs, but we did watch a lot of the tennis. I know we were speaking about, I thought Galmon Feast was a great story. Of course, Sinner we're going to get onto in a minute because yeah. he is the contender for this episode. Um, I really liked Davidovich Fikina. I thought he was Brilliant. amazing. Beat some top players. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's start off with the contenders. So let's press the button if I can find it. It's on there somewhere. <laughs> there it is. Ooh. And we've been quite strict, really, with this segment on all of the other episodes of The Countdown, where we pick only two players and we go through it. On today's one, we're going to have two questions rather than two players. And the questions are going to be this. Sinner has just won Toronto. The question we're going to be speaking about is, can he trouble Djokovic and Alcaraz? I think that is the one which a lot of people now are discussing. He's won his first Masters title. You'd think now the natural progression is he's got that out of the way. The next obstacle is a Grand Slam. Can he manage to just do something special in the Grand Slam? We've seen him in a semi-final or was it multiple semi-finals now? He goes deep in the Grand Slams. He just can't get it over the line. And he doesn't look like he's ever going to beat Djokovic in the Grand Slam. Uh, but my question to you is, is that going to happen? And of course, on the on the women's, we'll speak about that in a minute. But it's just about how Pegula is going to handle, because obviously she's just won her Canadian Open as well yep. in Montreal. Is that right? Correct. And she, how's she going to handle... The big three, Igor, Rabak, and Sabalenka. Can she challenge them? Let's start with the men's. What do you think? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's the it's the old adage, isn't it? The the best of three versus the best of five uh, debate. And the the biggest thing I think that we've got to uh, to look at through from Yannick Sinner is last year's U.S. Open, and arguably, if Alcalaz didn't win it. Yannick Sinner was like a point away from potentially beating Carlos Alcalaz last year. And had he managed to to get that over the line, 
I think he probably would have gone on and won the tournament if I'm if I'm perfectly honest. That's my personal opinion. I think he would have probably won the US Open last year, but but for Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, am I being too generous? I don't think so. I thought he played incredibly well in that match and that was sort of for me sort of a final before the final really. The center Alcaraz one. Yeah, it was special. Everyone was saying how much they enjoyed it and it was like a little taste into what tennis is going to be like post the big three. Yeah. And everyone was entertained. I certainly was. It was a ridiculously long match. Of course, Adkaraz won the US Open after playing the longest amount of time on court in the history of the US Open to then win it. So that was remarkable. Sinner, can he trouble Djokovic and Adkaraz? I think you need to sort of split that question down the middle and just tackle each one individually. Because with Alcaraz, I feel like he can beat him. I don't know what it is about that matchup, but it seems to be quite close at times. I do believe Alcaraz is the better player, and I think he's a little bit more advanced. And we've noticed, I think, in the last time they played, uh, there was a little bit of a bigger distance, I thought. However, saying that, Sinner's beaten him multiple times now, and there's nothing to say that he can't beat him at the US Open. Last year's one, it was a toss of a coin who won it. There wasn't much in it. In fact, probably Sinner played slightly better in in large spells of that match. So I do believe that Sinner has the has the ability to knock out Carlos Adcaraz at the US Open if they are to meet before the final or even in the final. I think he's got the ability to beat him. When you pose the question of Djokovic, I still don't think, even with this Masters under his belt, that he can beat him. I yeah. find him still a little bit weak in the middle. I find him a little bit intimidated uh, when he covers up against Nadal, probably even Federer if he come out of retirement. I think we'd see a different Yannick Sinner or Djokovic. And that is a bit of a worry at this current stage. Will the will the Masters victory give him some extra confidence? I hope so. I hope so. And he's come close against Djokovic. This year's Wimbledon... a. a, a, a performance a few months ago I thought was disappointing or well, not even a few it was like a, last month I didn't think he played very well in it and I thought Djokovic took him apart come close in a set but that was about it um, however the year before he did take two sets of Djokovic and then lost it but it looked a lot better on that occasion so yeah I'm, I'm super torn and whether he can beat him in a grand slam I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say of course we don't know if their paths are going to meet but thinking about who can potentially win this US Open. Can you put Sinner's name in there? I think I think you I think you have to, really, because he's got the ability to completely avoid Novak Djokovic and be on the side of Adkalaz and Djokovic could go out. So you don't know how that's going to play out. And if it does, just like last year, if Sinner beat Adkalaz, I reckon he would have won it as well. Well this is the extra dynamic that we now have. I know that we've been speaking on the, all of the other countdown episodes about the potential uh, of Daniel Medvedev and his positioning in the draw uh, for Alcaraz and Djokovic. And now I feel you've got to look at where Yannick Sinner sits in the draw as well. You can't just look at Daniel Medvedev. You have to think both of the players, are more so Alcaraz, he'll be wanting to avoid Yannick Sinner on his side of the draw. He won't want to be having to run the gauntlet and go through another five-set match against, well, five hours on court to try and get through to another semi or even potentially a, a final. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here, even though I'm 
like I'm riding Sinner big at the moment. I know pre-season uh, December, I actually have Sinner as my US Open winner, which at the moment, quite happy with how he's coming into form at the moment. But and I'm going to throw this in there just as a devil's advocate. If we look through who he played to to get to that Wimbledon semi-final, we know he didn't play anybody um, below, was it 70 in the world, all the way until yeah, he met easy Djokovic. Draw. Easy draw. Okay, now I'm going to go to this one. Uh, he won his first Masters. He beat Berrettini. I thought that was a good, good result. Walk over against Murray. Monfils, I thought Monfils was in great form. I thought that was a really good uh, matchup. But then to play Paul and then Dimonor as your semi and final, is that a slightly... No, I disagree with you. Okay, Dis- I'm throwing Dis- it up no, no, there. Just I, dis- as a... I disagree with you massively. I don't think it was an easy draw at all. No, I Toronto. don't um, You can try and paint it to be that Tommy Paul and Dimonor, they're two really good players on hard courts. I've seen both of them do very well against Rafael Nadal when he was playing on top form as well who you could say is right up there with some of the best hardcore players ever. I know everyone says Rafa on hardcourts is this and that, but still in the in the history books, you'd be hard to argue that he's not definitely top five. I mean, you can make a case for maybe top three, top four. Um, so, and he's been troubled by Alex Dimonor and Tommy Paul. I've seen him on a hardcourt. They've really pushed him hard. Monfils yeah. as well is actually back. Yes. I'm going to confirm that now. He's back playing well. Um, a Berrettini forehand. <laughs> I think Berrettini is actually looking okay at the moment. I know he's had a bit of an issue with his mental health and other issues. Gone out today, and but against Felix. But I know, Felix. but still, I'm still encouraged by. It. I think I think he could do all right actually at the U.S. Open. With this so, Dimonor though, just uh, I know I'm I I've dressed it up just to say like devil's advocate. He did beat Fritz Medvedev. Fakina in crazy form as well on the way to that yeah. uh, that final. Yeah, and he's also knocking on the door of the top 10. He's at his career high, I believe, of 11 in the world, which has surpassed Nick Kyrgios. Wow. So he has done better than what Nick Kyrgios has ever done in the rankings. And that's quite a big thing for Australian tennis. I think Shout he's... out to Alex Dimonor. I think he's class. And I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't put him inside my top 10 start of the year. I think he's going to be a fixture who can hover around there. He's gone up a level for me and he needs to be respected. Um, just like we respect Sissipas, Rublev, Zverev. I don't think he's there, but he's close and he's got a lot of game and a lot of heart and desire and he moves a, a better than a lot of them players I've mentioned. So Definitely. I really like Alex Dimonor and I'm not going to say it's an easy draw at all based off just him because I think he's class and young and he's always learning as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We forget how young he actually is. And I feel that it was mainly just power and maybe the serve, not having the biggest serve. He's obviously not the biggest stature on the court. That can sometimes affect how uh, easily you can wipe players off the court, especially on the hard courts as well. But Sinner made light work of him in the final. And that just credit to Yannick Sinner, I have to say. I think that it suits his game down to the ground. And I'm hoping that we're going to see similar sort of sinner entering the US Open in this crazy form that he's sort of found himself in. The Monfils match, do not be fooled. Monfils, like you said, is back. And he was playing so well. He destroyed Sissipas 
He beat him in straight sets. So oh, he's back. He's definitely back, and uh, he beat Eubanks as well. So right. never easy. <laughs> he did. It. I, I like I the fact he, he was doing jumping forehands and stuff like that. That is the real Monfils is back again. So I'm. Um, I can't wait to see him play again. And I don't know. I sometimes know... they wind me up. I know you like it, and it's it's all good and well. But sometimes I feel like he's lost matches by being a bit of an idiot in situations. And he's put the showman side before the actual winning. And that's why he's come unstuck against Djokovic many times. You don't see Djokovic messing around like that. I don't mind it in certain times. I know you love it and it's just something to talk about. And maybe people are thinking I'm a bit boring and negative. But first and first and foremost, win your tennis match. Uh, what I like about Monfils is the way that he always has the spectacular winners after a long rally. You see, mm. you've seen that evident in this event in Toronto. Like, there's so many big rallies. He has no right to keep the point going, and then he ends it with a big winner or some special shot. And I love all that kind of stuff in Monfils. I think he's class. Um, yeah, and he's still well. He's 36 years old, and he's still one of the fastest round the court. And that's something to behold. He's up against Cam Norrie in the first round of Cincinnati. I think he's going to beat him. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, just while we're speaking about him, I know we're going to the odds shortly, but also uh, Svitolina or Elena Monfils, however she wants to be addressed. Yeah. Bad news for her. She's yes. mentioned about her foot injury today. So she's pulled out of Cincinnati, but Sad. she's hoping to be okay for the US Open. So she had a really good week, few weeks really with the whole Wimbledon success. And I guess this foot injury has come at a bad time. But if she's all right for the US Open, then... All's, all's good and well. Yeah, most definitely. Right, let's move on to the odds. They haven't really changed on the men's side. Um, has Yannick... has Sinner not, not become shortened a little bit? Nah, still 11. Was it 11 before? Yep. Definitely I think it's was. good value then. And let's answer the question then. Can Sinner challenge Alcaraz and Djokovic? The book is having his full favourite. Can he challenge them, Ben? Yes, I believe he can challenge them. I think that the Masters win was... What, both uh, of them? Can he beat Djokovic at the US Open if he's pay, faced against him? Yeah, I think he can. I want you to rank Medvedev, Djokovic, Alcaraz in terms of who Sinner has the best chance of beating. I still think Djokovic is the toughest one for him. Um, I feel that... Right now, Daniel Medvedev's probably the easiest. And that's sad to say because I feel like Medvedev, I thought that he would probably be like second on the list. I think he's going third, Alcaraz second, Djokovic the hardest at the moment. Yeah, and I feel like maybe it's weird. I would actually put Medvedev second. I think Alcaraz <laughs> is maybe the easiest for Sinner. And wow. I know people are going to disagree with me, but that's how I see it. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the women's. We've had say on whether we think Sinner can challenge Alcaraz and Djokovic. And I, I agree with you. I do think he can challenge them big time. And he is a massive contender to win this US Open, though. I think that's going to give him some confidence. I would like to see him play Djokovic and do better than what we've seen in the recent Grand Slams. I want to see yeah. him really go toe-to-toe with Djokovic. He's seen Alcaraz do it in a Grand Slam final and beat him. Now it's your turn, Yannick. You've got the shots. Like it's it is frustrating because he's got everything. He's got the tools. Nobody hits the ball like he does at the moment on tour. It's effortless. And he has the ability to beat them. Let's see if he can do it. And uh, moving on to the women, Jessica Pagula, can she do it against the big three? Well, I think one more thing. 
one more thing with Yannick Sinner, just to end it. We said with Alcaraz at Wimbledon, <laughs> it's sort of like the coming of age. And then the one thing that kept like ringing through my head was, cometh the hour, cometh the man to defeat Novak Djokovic. And I feel that now it's sort of that for Yannick Sinner as well. Now is his sort of time to shine. So cometh the hour, cometh the man, cometh the Yannick Sinner to take the US Open this year. All right, let's move on to the women's anyway. Uh, that's enough about Yannick Sinner. <laughs> let's go on to the old Pagula. And even though she always gets deep in Masters, we don't see her winning as that many, but she put paid to that uh, the past week. She destroyed the field. We had, well, Coco Goff, her doubles partner, she had to get past. That was a tough three-setter. And then she had to get past Eager, who she notoriously doesn't do too well against. She lost four matches in a row against her. Obviously beat her in the United Cup. But uh, And then Samsonova. I feel a bit sorry for Samsonova. Do you not think playing two matches on the day of the final is not really fair? Well, I think that's what the final was not competitive purely because of that. Uh, Pegula even said in her speech that she felt a little bit sorry for Sam Sonovan. She never wanted to really win in them circumstances. I believe that's her second Masters title. Yeah, um, so. But never won one that convincingly. I mean, 6-1, six, 6 love. It's like an eager score in a final. Yeah. She beat eager in the round before. I thought the whole event was a little bit stop-start with all, Weather. of course, the rain delays and issues in Montreal. Seemed to be a lot worse than Toronto. Um but yeah, saying that, Pegula did extremely well. She beat some tough players. Do I see her challenging the big foot at the US Open? I don't, really. I know it's on home soil being in the US, and that may give her a bit of a lift. I just don't think she would uh, reciprocate some of these results against the big players in a Grand Slam. She's a Masters girl, is she? Well, I don't know. Do you disagree? I think that it could be another one of those cases where she just needed something like this confidence boost before going into a slam to maybe give her that extra bit like beating eager, I think is massive for her right now. Like come with the U S open just on the horizon. The way she did it wasn't great though. What was it about 20 breaks of serve in that whole match? I mean, it was one of those that neither player looked like they wanted to win it but she managed to get the better of eager in an ugly match. And sometimes it's uh, just how you win is in the, in the bad days rather than how you win when you're playing well. So she got that one over the line. She has the sort of mental edge now, maybe over eager if they come up against each other, knowing she can just dig deep in what poor circumstances really. For me, Pagula's really good early rounds and usually falters towards the end. Mm. Uh, she beat Eager in a semi-final, which I think is the most encouraging part of all of this event for her. Looking at her Grand Slam successes, uh, so far, she's only ever made a quarter-final in every single Grand Slam. Like She's never gone past quarter-final. And it seems to be like, I mean, Australian Open, quarter-final three times in a row. Roland Garros quarter-final last year. Uh, this year, quarterfinal at Wimbledon, US Open quarterfinal last year. That's her best results. 
So she's a player who gets to the last date, and I think that's about as far as she goes. Do I see her now turning the corner after winning this Masters title? I don't. I really don't. Maybe I'm a bit negative on Jess, and I think she is a really good player, but I just feel like quarterfinal is about where she's going to f- f- end up. And I feel quarterfinal, she'll get someone like a Sabalenka or or even someone who's just playing in inspired form might be Sarkari. And I feel Sarkari might beat her or something like that. Um, it's possible. It could be anyone. It could come from. I'm not sure where it's going to happen, but that's how I see it playing out. Well, you can see last year, what did she get to? Quarterfinal, lost to Eager. Well, you have to think like, with this Masters win, push her probably up the rankings. You might only face one of these players in the semi-final now. Well, that could be it, third in the rankings, right? This is where the saving grace now for her might be higher in the rankings, semi-final, more achievable now. For... I think it is more achievable. She won't play one of the big players until maybe a semi-final. But with the US Open, it throws up so many surprises and shocks, yeah. especially on the women's. We could be, I don't even know who to say, but like a Von Drusseva who was won Wimbledon. Yeah. Like a Madison Keys who's just playing crazily good would, I reckon, could beat her in a quarterfinal. Yeah, could there just be just who, a I don't even I don't even know who the name's going to be, but there could be someone. The whole point is one of us needs to try and find her and hopefully we get her in the surprise package, whoever it is. But there's going to be a surprise, I can assure you, in the quarterfinals of this US Open in the women's there may be more than one there could be all of them to be honest uh but what way whatever way i dress it up if if we accept you jessica pagula get to the court final i think one of them real informed players could beat her mm. i think she's got a very good consistent base level and plays very good she was yeah. very fortunate with the way this draw sort of played out um of course did well against eager i didn't think eager was on top form um but saying that she won it and I'm not going to discredit her for yeah. that. It may give her a little bit of confidence and like you say, with a higher ranking, could get to a semi-final but I don't see, if to answer the question, I don't see her challenging the big three players in the women's game right now. Yeah, it's less likely than Sinner which seems sounds crazy because there's obviously she's higher ranked than the likes of Yannick Sinner but these big three uh, seem far more dominant when it comes to to slams right now. So, obviously, Von Drusseva inserted her name into the picture during Wimbledon. Probably should have been Jabers, really. But (laughs) never mind. Let's move on to the odds anyway and see where Pagula is in the odds because be interesting to see if she's moved up, which I think she has. She's now 11s. Same same as Sinner. Yeah, I'm not sure. I forget where she was before, but... um... I think she's just tied with Garcia. Maybe Garcia's dropped slightly. Uh, Coco Goff down there as well, quite close. Is it fair? Mm, I guess it sounds about right, but I think it's not good value. I don't see her being sort of the full favourite player at this US Open. I think we could see some real shock down there who could do a bit better. I mean, is Raducanu playing? No. She's still there. I don't know why she's on the odds, to be honest. It's just bizarre. What, you know for a fact she's not playing? I think she is playing, Ben. I thought she was recovering from two wrist injuries and an ankle Yeah, maybe she'll show him, but I don't think she'll go far. Don't know about that. I mean, I'm not... I'm treating it as if she's not playing, to be honest. I mean, if she makes an appearance, she hasn't played any tennis for God knows how long anyway. 
So sure. anyway, if she has, it's only been on like a practice court somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, let's move away from that and let's get on to latest news. Am I pressing it? I'll press it. Don't worry. Where is it? Is it down the bottom there? Here we go. Latest news. And this is where we go into Twitter. We type in US Open and we see what pops up. So let's bring it up. And the top thing that's coming up is Oli Patan is up at the top there saying Casper Rude hasn't won back-to-back matches on a hard court since the 2022 US Open. And that's excluding ATP finals around Robin format. Wow. That is a bit crazy, to be honest. Casper. Yeah, he's he's been a bit Flaky. cold, I feel, this year in, to- in overall. I don't think he's been as good as last year. Um, even on the clay courts, he wasn't winning them 250s like he usually does. Yeah, I mean, obviously he uh, still was able to get through to Ronald <laughs> Carroll's final. Yeah. But other than that, it hasn't really come to life this year, has it? To be yeah. honest, I mean, he had uh, an all right roam. Not he could have probably done a bit better there. He he won S. I think he's just done enough, but I don't see him as a contender for the U.S. Open. Nah, but we said that last year, and, look and he got where to he the final. Up. But I just don't see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's going to do it again. I really master don't. of the good draw, Casper Ruud. <laughs> Is that what he's, known he's a at? very he's a bit of a pagula, I feel, but just. I see similarities I, with Rude and Pagula. I feel like it because he's such a nice guy on tour. Sometimes they get a bit of uh, good luck. Like the tennis gods look down on them and say, "For all of you, like, no, I don't even it? say that. I think that's a little bit dismissive. I mean, he's a very good player, Casper Rude. So is Pagula. They're very good top tennis players, Ben. But it's like there's a level. I don't see him. I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to win a slam anytime soon. All right, we'll move he's down. Finals, though. Oh, who's this? How did he get on there? So Rafa, he's back again. Not sure who's this. This is with oh Sebastian Yatula. It's the Rafa on the Dow Academy. Yeah. Is this actually today? So Rafa's been playing tennis. Was this the guy who was singing the song for Alcaraz last week? I think he is. I think he's some kind of musician. <laughs> is he still? It? Is he still uh, promoting this new song? I can't remember what it was called. Cowabunga or something. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think anyway, it is him. I'm not going to stick too long on that. Nice to see Rafa on the court though. Yeah, if that is actually today, I'm assuming it is. But that's cool. Oh. Hopefully, we see. see oh, Rafa no, it's another there. one of these things again. Yeah, it's just some paid promotion. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on from that. Right. Oh, the Djokovic US Open racket. Did we see that last week? No, but I'm interested in this. Let me have go down a little bit. What racket is that? I mean, looks quite nice, man. Yeah, I mean, it looks. It looks like it's oh, it's got a little Novak in the middle. Gold Novak on the. What does the S say? What does the S say? Zach's going to be fuming. He just bought Djokovic's old racket. <laughs> now he's just got a new I one. I must admit, I really like that. I love yeah. the, the, the gold on the black. It looks legendary. That's a nice, that's a nice racket. It looks like a legend well racket, well. that one. Nice, oh. nice weight to it. Look at it. I mean, do you reckon a few slams will be won with that one? hope so. Oh. 
I right, know. there's a, you announced this one already. That was uh, Spitalina out of Cincinnati. It's unfortunate. That's uh, I don't know. I don't want to go through it again. We've already spoken about it. This one is speaking from Christopher Clary, saying prize money for losing round one at the majors in 2023. So this is interesting statistics. Yeah, uh, Aussie Open, 69,000. Roland Garros, 75,000. Wimbledon, 70,000. US Open, 81,000. So it's the okay. highest out of all four slams. Uh, keeps going up. It's not more money for losers, but fair reward for those good enough to get into a major. So there's going to be a lot of pressure for these players to get into these into this US Open this year. The qualifying is going to be yeah. tough as, as it's ever been. And it's a great incentive for any player if they can make a push and get into the ranking position where they can be in the qualifying, then they're going to be thrilled, I'm sure. It's amazing. Or even yeah. just to be considered as an alternate, like it's what it's all work. It's all, all the hard work and getting all the points to make it worthwhile when you can get into a slam. And even if you lose 81,000. Fantastic. I absolutely love that. I might enter, <laughs> get a wild card in, uh, right, <laughs> move down. And the world, this is good news as well. Uh, yep. We got my um, or Mikhail Samulski saying US Open main singles draw will be revealed on Thursday, the 24th of August. So put that in your diaries, people. Yeah, that's really good because that is the day before I'm having an operation on my eyes. <laughs> oh, no. So, I still, no, it's good news, I guess. That means I can do the live draw reaction. And then I could be out of action for a bit, but I may be still trying to do a draw preview with sunglasses on. So if you do see me with sunglasses on for the start of the US Open, it's because I've had an operation on my eyes. I mean, some of the draws you've done so far this year, you'd have thought that if you've had your eyes yeah, closed for them. For that. <laughs> anyway, moving down. This will be the last one, I think. And why not? We'll have it with... Looks like the lovebirds are back again. Is it Sissipas? And what's this one saying? Uh, Cincy Tennis 2023 pre-tournament interview. Always love Steph's candor, warmth, and how well-spoken and how and lovely he is. Oh, that's very nice to say. Well, it's a five-minute one. If people want to go in there and check out how lovely uh, Steph speaks. then What we can talk about before we move on about Stefano Sissipas is his form and how he's been playing tennis because since Sister Dozer, has he improved or got worse? He won one tournament, but I don't know if Los Cabos really even counts really when you're the level of Sissipas. I don't think, I feel it's gone down a little bit. Although, no, I don't know. The Wimbledon one, he had two five-set matches against Team and Murray, beat Jair, and was out to Eubanks. Yeah, I don't think he's been on top form tennis-wise at all. Before that, couldn't string two wins together. So, French Open was all right until Alcaraz happened. <laughs> Destroyed him. Right, so... Anyway, on... let us know, guys. Let us know in the comment section, what do you think? How do you think Sissidoza or Sissipas has performed since Sissidoza? We're going to move on now to the tennis shootout. Oh, no, not this one again. Right. versus Ben. And we are going to both give each other a question regarding the US Open. 
And we're going to see if we can get it right. We've got 30 seconds to answer. That is right. So um, you went first with a question last week. I shall go first with a question this week. Um, we have to give each other a bit of US Open trivia if you're just joining us. Is it another history one? This one isn't. I'm going for something a little oh, bit really. more, taking a leaf out of your book. I've gone a bit more fun. Oh, uh, finally. I know, but it'd probably be more difficult than the history ones. The history ones, at least I give you multiple choice. This one, I don't think I'm going to. So anyway, okay. right, I'm going to go to the question and then I'll get the 30 second timer ready. So if you remember last year's US Open. Yeah. We had so many great things going on around the channel, all the great matches. But we had one video that was put out. It wasn't by us. It was actually by one of our comms team, Nicolette. She made a video about uh, the US Open cocktail, the honey juice. <laughs> what was the price at the US Open oh, come of on. the honey juice cocktail? in 2022 and i'll give you within two dollars go i was thinking the question you might want to make it a bit quieter oh well i was thinking the question you was going to ask is what was the video on and i was thinking i know what it is it's a cocktail but now you've asked me something about the cocktail so i'm even more confused i went around i reckon i reckon it's not going to be that expensive but i reckon it's about ten dollars um, okay. I need to get it within. Um, cocktail. I'm gonna say. Uh, okay, I've got a number. I'm gonna okay. go eleven. I wait for the music. Yeah, I'm going for eleven seventy-five. Oh, well, I can't announce that is incorrect. It was, in fact. $22. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you, think Wimbledon's, you think Wimbledon's pricey? One cocktail is $22. $22. I know. I know from personal uh, well experience, going to just a baseball match, I, the prices of drinks and stuff there are ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, no insane. way. For a, like even a, a pint of beer was like over $10 or I was just shocked by the prices at sports, like sports events in America. But I guess oh, if people pay that. it, I've not actually been to a sporting event in America. I've been to a lot of pubs and bars in America and I didn't think it was too expensive, but of course you got to factor in all the tips as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. God, Messed that yeah. up badly then. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> no worries, but at least you know to avoid buying drinks when you go to the US Open take a lot of money with you if you're going that's all i'll say i don't know if they let you sneak in a, a few beers like they do at wimbledon probably not no, definitely not right my question is about history oh no we swapped it's not actually too much history but it's just an interesting one so i don't feel like we could do this segment the whole of the us open without speaking about one very very special player um, or multiple very special players or special <laughs> names regarding the US Open. Ooh. That name I'm referring to is Williams. 
Oh. There's two of them who have done extremely well at the US Open. We're speaking about, of course, the women's. We're speaking about Serena and Venus. My question to you is a two-part question, but you can only get one mark, Ben, because oh, no. one of them is a 50-50. Oh, God. But the first, the, the, basically, the question is this. <laughs> who won the US Open first, Serena or Venus? And okay. what year was it? All right, let's start off. Well, we know that Venus was on the scene first uh, out of the two of them, and she was the one winning the slams. Uh, so I'm going to go with Venus winning it first. Maybe it's a trick question. Maybe it's because she's older. You think I'll pick her. But the year that, they, that she won it, oh, my word. She's got to really, like, wind back the clock now. This is a I'm big really US go. Open question, Ben. Yeah, I know. Is it going to be... I should have done my homework. Something like uh, 2004, I'm going to go with. There you go. Venus in 2004. I can confirm he was 100% wrong. Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) It was, in fact, Serena Williams who won the US Open before Venus. And she won it in 1999. Oh, there you go. Miles off. in 1999, (laughs) beating Martina Hingis in the final in straight set, 6-3-7-6. And then the following year, Venus Williams beat Lindsay Davenport in 2000. I always forget that they were in the 90s, the Williams. It's just so, it feels like I was feeling rude if I was to put... Say a nine, I was going to go like 94 or something. I was like, no, come on, that's like rude to think that they were winning it back then. But no, they were. Steffi Graf was in her heyday. That's that's probably what that's probably where my mind goes back to. Steffi Graf. Oh dear. Well, there's another incorrect one for me. (laughs) Chalk me up. (laughs) You even got the 50 50 part wrong. That's why I said it was like it. In my mind, it makes sense to pick Venus because she was the older one. But then you believe that you won it before Venus. Credit to her. There we go. That's the tennis shootout. Another (laughs) 0% from both of us. (laughs) Tennis experts, some would say. Let's move on to the next segment of of this, uh, uh, the countdown. And it's called Rankings Update. Over to you, Ben. Oh, you loved it passing the bat on to me on this one right we can just go over and we can just have a look at how some of the men's have changed obviously the main mover would be Yannick Sinner and we were just talking about Alex Dimonor as well you can see entry ranking was 18 for Dimonor and now he's up to number 12 Yannick Sinner Entry was eight. Now he's up to number six, which is fantastic for him. If he has a good Cincinnati, who knows? Maybe we can go even higher there. Um, having a look down that list, what about Gal Monfils? I expect him to be shifting up a few uh, few notches. I don't think but... it really matters for him because he's got a protected ranking of four, on, on 400 anyway. So he's always going to be in. Yeah, he's uh, I'm more fascinated to see where he actually is in the rankings now. 211 now. So yeah, I, think I think he's cut it in half then. Yeah, he's so like he was way out to like 400 or something. Crazy to see Vesely 400 in the world. <laughs> Didn't really expect that. 
Yeah. Uh, some of the players who are quite lucky as well. Is anyone else who's dropped quite low if you go up a little bit? Mm, no one's really... No, who have got? Arnaldi? No, he's moved... Arnaldi's moved up. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see anybody who's really... There's not been too much movement, to be honest, in no. these uh, original entries by the looks of it. Let's just have a look at some of these alternates as well. We're just sort of waiting in the wings to just... We've got Quan up there. Watanuki, someone that... He's up to, what's that, 90 at the moment in the world. That's pretty impressive. There's a lucky one. It's a Pieri. Entry ranking 117. Yes. Currently 141. Yeah, dropping down. A few of these people, like players are moving up. Garen's trying to move his way through some of the rankings at the minute as well, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah Garen, should, for me, should be at the US Open top player. And just to have a look through... We've got the list of the women's like entry, but this is just like the original listing. Obviously, Jen Brady has been playing pretty well. She did well in the Canadian Open. She's yeah. coming back to form a little bit now. Brady could be one to watch. Yeah, maybe. Have go to the live ranking so we can see where people actually are now. Yeah, Wondrousova new career high nine in the world. <laughs> Amazing. Kvitova just clinging on to the top 10 still. Krajikova, we're not speaking about her much. No. She hasn't really done a lot, has she? hasn't she? Yeah, she's in this tournament in Cincinnati, so maybe we'll get to see something from her this week. I thought we've got to speak about Kudometova as well. We lost to Venus Williams today. <laughs> I mean, fair play Venus Williams, I have to say. I didn't really give no. her a chance. No. But... I don't that, think many people did. I feel her just being able to go out there and still play competitive tennis is actually insane. Yeah. To beat Kudometova, who's someone you had winning the Australian Open, just to remind you. It's crazy. <laughs> Which Australian Open? That's two years ago. No, a year ago. No, it was this yeah. year. No, it wasn't. It was Nisimova this year, wasn't it? Oh, no, that was no. my pre, pre-pick. <laughs> you had Kudometova on the draw. What are you talking did I? about? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's why people stopped watching us, I think, since that. <laughs> I know. I think you had Felix to win Wimbledon. I that's why they stopped. <laughs> no, that was pre. That was a long, long time ago. Oh. That was over a year ago. No, surely not. That was up there with the Contavit one, that one. Now, this all is right. good to have a look down because all I'm doing now is scouting for the next segment, which is going to be the surprise package. And I need to find a player who's relatively low ranked who could do something. Because yeah. there'll be a lot of points on, well, out there if I can get someone who's low ranked who does well. Yeah, there are some uh, players that are coming back to form. What's that? Look at that, Paolini. She's been playing well recently, up four places in no, the qualifying. I, like, I don't think she'll do well. Okay, you got boy. Didn't you have Andreescu added to yours last week? Yeah. But yeah, there's uh, Tatiana Maria. she do anything for you? No. I think that's enough of the rankings update. Let's move <laughs> on to surprise package. Come on, then. So this is where we'll add a player. We're going to work out the point system. And basically how it will work is, out of me and Ben, we will... Each add a male and a female player, so an ATP WTA player to our 
collection. You can see who we've got so far. I've got Eubanks, the Hechka, Berrettini, and on the women's, Keys, Fernandez, Andreescu. You've got Hachanov, of Shelton. On the women's, Andreva, uh, Svitolina, Parks. You're missing your A there, Ben. But oh, oh, oh. oh. sorry. You're getting them, the Andreev. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, the the keys on this keyboard are constantly like falling off. So Andrew, <laughs> had a sex change. <laughs> that's it. I'm going for Angelayev on the men's instead. Uh, right. So let's start. As we were just looking at the women's, we can go over to the women's and uh, pick our next surprise package. I think I was going to pick one last week and I sort of went against it and went with Parks. So I, this part of me feels that I should have just continued and not picked Parks and gone for the other one I was going to pick, which I don't know if you're aware of or it's actually someone called uh, Emma Navarro. Really? You're going to put her on there? Yeah, you're, just, like, you're desperate for some points here, aren't you? Because Navarro <laughs> will get ridiculous points. Navarro How is... it will work is you will, we'll rank all of your players from one to five in rankings. The lowest ranks will get the most points and the highest ranks will get the most. But what, and rather than do it that way, maybe we'll combine them and just do it together and work out a ranking system. Um, but the lower the ranked player, the more points they get for each round they go through. My player... Or do you want to speak about Navarro quickly? Uh, well, I can do. I mean, the, the, the thing that she was uh, impressing me with earlier on, like she was, she's playing Cincinnati at the moment. She just beat Layla Fernandez. That's one good player to be beating on your lead up to the US Open. Uh, she beat Marino as well. She bagel and breadsticked her. And she was doing quite well on the grass. That's when she sort of like came... Uh, well, and on the clay as well. She, I think she's actually a good player on all surfaces. And in fact, she's American as well. She's moving up the rankings. She's 22 years old and she's nearly into the top 50. And no one's really speaking about her. But I feel that this could be somebody, if she gets a decent draw at the US Open, she might, that the whole occasion really might like boost her through the tournament and i don't know i'm gonna go for it i'm going for a couple of young americans in there parks and navarro i'm so happy you picked her because i don't think she's gonna do any good at the us open <laughs> and you didn't pick who i picked who is gonna be danielle collins i knew I you're gonna pick her, her. So i'm really no would you why don't you pick her then no because i saw her there and i was just like nah it's an obvious one. Somebody's already done well and said, been to a slam final. It's a bit of an obvious pick. So okay. I was going for someone. One was going to get all the points. It's a surprise package because people don't see her winning the US Open. She could trouble a lot of players and go extremely far. Just beating Leila Fernandez, Sarkari, and Svitolina and took a set off Eager in Montreal. Watch out, Daniel Collins, US Open, home soil, got the ability to do extremely well. And I think she's going to bag a lot of points because. She is 34 in the rankings. Daniel Collins could be that player who beat Tipaguda in the quarterfinals. Exciting. Right. On to the well, men's. Well, there's probably the men's. I feel that there should be players that we should definitely pick. And if we don't pick them, we're a bit silly. But it's just about who picks each one, I think. Um, I th it has to be outside the top 10. Has to be noted. Yep. Actually, I'm having a look and there's. <laughs> I've got a few names. Yeah, there's quite a lot of names that are outside there's the top. There's a lot 10. of names. 
Like you've already so to say we've already got JG as Eubanks, Lahechka, Berrettini, I have Hachanov, Zverev, and Shelton. But there are a lot of names that are down low. Uh, I just have a good draw. The, the people we were just speaking about literally earlier in the pod, and we got Alex de Menor at twelve. And I feel like it'd be rude after giving like bigging him up quite a lot not to pick him. But I don't think I am going to pick him. I'm only going to pick Hubi Hercatch. Ranking two. 19th. Yeah, it's a one-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You'll only get yeah. a point for him. Um, big, I've got three big servers. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I can tell what you're doing. I'm actually going to go... I think I'm going to go for... Oh, um, no. I really don't know whether to or not. Cam Nori. No, I think I'm going to go for Gal Monfils. Oh, what's he? 420 in the world. <laughs> no, 211 in the world. So he'll be the highest ranked player by far. You're not going to pick anyone more. So he'll get maximum points. By the end of this week, he might be top and 10. All, all he needs <laughs> is to go for a few rounds and he'll tank up my uh, scores massively. So I think Monfils is a very, very, very Hopefully he gets Djokovic second addition. round then. <laughs> very, very smart addition. Well, unless he gets Djokovic second round. I like him. What to beat Djokovic? I think it's a good one, Ben. Plays Alcaraz second round. That's what I mean. With when you're low ranked, you could end up facing someone like that. He could, and, that, and that's the only issue. But if he don't, and there's an all right draw, then that is a well, that's a points machine there. <laughs> you know he's going to get Sissipas. He can knock, beat him. I know he's going to knock out Sissipas. Sissipas is just going to be there off in New York with Badoza again. He's going to do another Wimbledon off sightseeing. But anyway, Just looking at the two lists of names, though, I do like my ones. I don't think they're too bad at all. Uh, yeah, but let us know in the comment section whose list you prefer, Ben's or mine. These are our surprise packages. Let us know yours in the comment section underneath this video. If you haven't already, of course, make sure to hit the like button. We do bring these countdown episodes every Monday leading up to a Grand Slam. And, of course, we're only going to get another two countdown episodes in now. <sighs> Yep. Right. Well, let's wrap that one up. Like you said, 14 days to go. I can't wait. Uh, Cincinnati is on all this week. Make sure to stay tuned on GTL. We'll be bringing you some more matches and news. For sure. Thanks for watching, everyone. And we'll see you very soon. Ciao, ciao. Podcast Network.